Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. It's Morgan Zeckers, and this is the last episode. If you guys haven't yet, hit subscribe. I'm just kidding. I just am used to saying that, so I was just joking around. This is the last episode. I really appreciate you guys listening. Today, we're going to cover two topics. I want to go more into the Nashville shooting because we have more information, and I have some thoughts and then some more general topics, and we'll close out with my final thoughts, I guess you could say. That being said, thank you guys so much for listening. I, I really, really appreciate it, and let's get into it. But of course, last time I promote pillows, you guys, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillows launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code MORGAN. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MORGAN. That's MyPillow.com, promo code MORGAN. Wow! Okie dokie. So last episode, it was the first episode after we found out about the school shooting at a private Christian school in Nashville. And I don't like to comment on the actual details of stuff really specifically so soon after, but now we have more information. If you guys haven't listened to the last episode, I gave a lot of information about concealed carry, about how different states have different policies, and how it's really important to consider those things when you are deciding where to live. Now, obviously, my views on it are a little different than the people leaning left. People on the left want more evaluation of your background and your history and your relationships before you buy a firearm, I personally believe in constitutional carry. So I I was thinking back and kind of reflecting on how, wow, dang, I really did. <laughs> I really did do a, here's how to carry a gun and how to get a gun right after a shooting. And I hope you understand it's because I am not going to let the leftist rhetoric shake us on this, especially considering the information that has come out about this, the circumstances that led to it, in no way, shape, or form does what happened mean that we should be removing the rights of individuals to be able to carry a firearm. There are things that can be done to prevent this, and that is not one of them. And so if you are especially a young woman and you haven't looked into carrying a firearm before, basically my summary last episode was, it is okay to be humble. Humble yourself and just admit I don't know. I Unfortunately, maybe you didn't have men in your life that taught you like a dad or brothers growing up. Sometimes that happens and you just don't know much about firearms, but you do want to carry for personal protection and for, you know what, there's evil out there and I want to be able to have a firearm no matter what. If you don't have that information, humble yourself and go to your local gun shop. Ask them for information. Say you want to be a student. You want to learn all about this. You would like to one day eventually work your way up to owning it. You want to be able to save up and understand how much it's going to cost. 
You want to understand how much these lessons are going to be because you should definitely get lessons. Really just immerse yourself and become a student and be willing to take on this task. If you trust yourself, if you feel capable and competent and you're willing, then I do believe you absolutely should move forward in it. This is something that requires calm. It requires steadiness and it requires you to be able to believe in yourself and have courage to learn such a skill because a lot of people just operate in fear especially when it comes to firearms, when in reality, uh, it just takes some education and some time. So please consider looking into this and taking it more seriously. That's just one of the positive things that we can do moving forward. But since I have recorded that episode, um, more information has been presented to me. And let's just say I'm not thrilled. I've been really shaken up by it, actually. And I think a lot of us have too, because this is just a disturbing story when you find out all the information. Basically, a former student of a private Christian school is trans, so a a woman that wants to identify as a man, 28 years old, went back to the school that she attended and specifically wanted to kill Christian children. Now, when you target a school like that, it's kind of clear who you're trying to kill and the children of what kind of parents you are targeting. It is a specific group that she was attacking, more Christian, conservative-leaning families and children. And there's something really disturbing about that, because there's got to be certain reasons, right, why a mother and a father would decide to send their child to a private Christian school. Perhaps they are disturbed by the culture that they see out there. They want to surround their children with goodness. And um, they did all this, they took all these precautions, and then still, a radical, insane trans person brings a gun into the school and then kills those children. It's quite disturbing, isn't it? So that being said, context really matters here. You know what I mean? But even though I try to avoid the news and avoid consuming myself with negativity these days, even though it's everywhere... I couldn't help myself on this one, you guys. And so I'm making this more of a political episode, even though I've been moving out of that kind of stuff. When I saw a headline, it set me off. I saw a headline by, you know, a classic mainstream medium outlet. And it was something along the lines of, quote, former Christian school student shoots up their old school. Now, does that headline really provide proper context? Does it give an understanding of what actually happened? Or does it nastily twist a terrible situation into a politically driven one where it makes it seem like some Christian bad person wanted to go and kill people out of school? You tell me. Because in reality, an anti-Christian person that wants to change their sex, decided that they don't like Christians or Christian children and wanted to go kill them. So that's a little different than the headline. Now, the fact that we have to deal with this after a bunch of children were killed in a private Christian school, that alone is enough to just really get me going. But I'm going to try and just be level-headed and kind. But of course, this happened on the last episode, right? I was like, wow, I'm really going to be a little frustrated then if I'm going to talk about this. And I think it is so important for us to talk about because I'll tell you what, I am sick and tired 
of us thinking that we have to be accepting and loving to people that despise us and hate us. They've talked about how they do not like us. They do not believe that we are nice people, literally just because we disagree on certain things like this, that you would think are basic biology, basic science. I am not interested in winning them over. I'm not interested in behaving in a way or being nice to them in a way that like, oh, maybe if we're just nice enough to them, maybe if we're just accepting enough, we will convert them and then we'll have more people on our side and then we'll have more voters. Mm -mm. I don't think that's ever going to (laughs) happen. So, so what can we do? What can we take out of this where we say, all right, what good can be done? Because these people hate us. There's no good that can be done in that department. But what can we do to at least save some goodness and fight back against true evil? Because that's how I see it. Um, I want to read first just to give you some more understanding of what we're actually up against of like, okay, these people hate us. Here's some of the posts from the media about the shooting. Because guess what happened? A girl who wants to identify as a boy was the shooter. The media, at first, when they got the police report, it was like, okay, this is a girl's body, this is a girl that died, a woman. So the stories were all about how a woman shot up a school. Well, then they found out that the shooter actually wants to be called a boy. So this is what the media posted after it was revealed that she identified as a transgender person. And this is from Evie Magazine. They posted a great swipe post on Instagram. The New York Times said... There was confusion later on Monday about the gender identity of the assailant in the Nashville shooting. Officials have used she and her to refer to the suspect, who, according to a social media post and a LinkedIn profile, appeared to identify as a man in recent months. Because that is just so super duper important in a situation like this. They are saying we are so sorry for misgendering the shooter that killed children in a classroom. MSNBC said, update, a previous post about the Nashville Christian School shooting included initial information from police officials about the suspect's gender. Those officials have since noted that the shooter was transgender. Thank you so much for telling us. USA Today said, police on Monday afternoon said that the shooter was transgender man. Officials had initially misidentified the gender of the shooter. Thank you so much. And Data Chick on Twitter said five times CNN misgendered with no correction. A mass shooting is horrible. Misgendering does not make anything better. I wonder, I wonder if she like regrets that tweet, but imagine saying, yeah, a mass shooting is bad, but you know, we should also consider that we shouldn't add more bad to it by misgendering a trans person. I'm sorry, the trans person killed children in a school, so it kind of changes things. Then we saw the Trans Resistance Network release a statement claiming that Audrey Hale, the shooter, the girl, was a victim in this violent attack because, quote, hate has consequences. Again, I mean, I hate to say it again. Christian children targeted in a school shot in their school along with adults in the building. But this is the statement from Trans Resistance Network. The Trans Resistance Network has been notified the shooter involved in today's church school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, was a person identifying as transgender. 
known from online profiles as Aiden or Aubrey Hale, he, him. While it is not our policy to engage publicly with news media, we believe this moment calls for a thoughtful response from our collective. We point out that today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee, is not one tragedy, but two. The first tragedy today is the loss of life of three children and adults. We extend our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families dealing with the loss of loved ones. There is nothing we can offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow. We mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden or Aubrey Hale, who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others, and by consequence, himself. We do not claim to know the individual or have access to the inner thoughts and feelings. We do know that life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation and public callouts by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD from the near-constant drumbeat of anti-trans hate, lack of acceptance from family members in certain religious institutions, denial of our existence, and calls for detransition and forced conversion. All these factors contribute to a population that is medically underserved and who often face anti-trans bias while accessing care leading to significant mental and physical health disparities. Hate has consequences. It is a testament to the inner strength and beauty of transgender people that despite the overwhelming odds of homelessness, job discrimination, and constant anti-trans bigotry and violence, that so many of us continue to persevere, survive, and even thrive. We will not be eradicated or erased. We remind the news media to respect the self-identified pronouns of transgender individuals who come across your desk. Aiden Hale self-identified with he-him pronouns on forward-facing sites. We also urge you to avoid pandering to those individuals on the right who will use this double tragedy to torment fear and terror of transgender people in order to advance a political agenda of transgender elimination. Biased and sensationalized coverage of these viewpoints is both irresponsible and reprehensive. So that's that. Um, where do we start? So let's start with that sentence. The second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden Hale, who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence himself. So the tragedy is that the trans person was suffering so much because of the policies and the general anti-trans vibe that he had to lash out and kill other people. And then it goes on further to explain that it's been very difficult for trans people in the last few months because there's been an avalanche of anti-trans legislation, public call-outs by right-wing personalities and political figures to genocidally eradicate trans people from society. So the trans people are being told by the trans resistance network that a genocide is occurring against them. If you use the term genocide and you're being told that your people, your trans people are, are being killed in a genocide, what kind of response does that bring out in people that they are already claiming are physically and mentally unhealthy and stressed out? They are claiming that their own people are so anxious and stressed and physically and mentally hurt that they are lashing out in unconventional ways, even like school shootings. And then they go on to then say, it's because we're in a genocidal fight for our lives. 
What kind of response do you think that provokes in an individual? It's disturbing. And then on top of that, so you're saying now that the policies are genocide that are being passed in states like Tennessee and Florida, when in reality, it is protecting innocent children from nasty, pornographic, or sexualized content in books that are in libraries and in school curriculum that should not be exposed to children when they are so, so young. These topics are not safe for children. And the other part, drag shows, drag queen shows, go ahead and do them, but don't label them as family friendly. Don't accept money and tips from children in the crowd. If you see children in the crowd, probably stop gyrating in front of them in lingerie. It's simple stuff, you guys. This isn't anti-drag queen stuff, anti-trans stuff. This is saying, okay, do your stuff, maybe a little strange to some people, but don't promote it to families. And parents, if you're bringing your children to these, don't bring your children. It's very, very simple. And I've seen drag people and, and trans people explain, like, listen, we also don't want this to be normalized. These are for adults. These are supposed to be adult shows. We don't like that all of a sudden we have these very liberal people thinking that it's cool to bring their kids to drag shows and to these performances. This is simple stuff. But because conservatives are passing legislation to protect children from sexualized content, sexualized experiences, and actually acting on it in policy and passing it in a constitutional way, you're saying we're now inflicting so much mental pain on trans people that it's resulting in them having to lash out with school shootings. So here's what's frustrating to me. There's layers to this whole wokeness stuff. Wokeness in general, <laughs> it's weird, you guys, okay? It's weird, and it's hard enough that when they constantly come up with new things that are now cancelable, they come up with new things that we have to say or can't say. And for people like me, and I'm sure people like you, we're just trying to be kind. We're trying to be respectful. We don't want to hurt someone's feelings. We aren't trying to cause any issues. Okay. So we're trying to be kind and respectful. I remember this when I went to college, we had, I honestly didn't even know this. I had never heard of the concept of sharing pronouns before. And when I went to college, we had orientation and on the sheet, it said, fill out your name, major hometown and pronouns. We were going to like share that and three facts with the circle of people at our orientation circle. And I remember literally being like, why are they asking for my pronouns? I didn't understand. I looked up on Google on my phone pronouns to make sure that I was like, are they asking for my pronouns? Like the ELA pronouns of what you put at the front of a sentence when you're talking about someone in a different person. I was so confused. And so then I looked over at other people's sheets and they were writing she, her. And I was like, Oh, they are actually asking my normal pronouns. That stuff is like hard to keep up with, but it's, you know, like, you know what? To be kind, to be respectful in society, basic common decency, I'm going to just do what I got to do. I'm at my college orientation. That stuff is hard enough because then if you don't comply, it's like, oh my gosh, this person is hateful and super ignorant and doesn't know what she's talking about. But the next layer of it is, okay, we're going to go away from just asking for basic decency in this kind of stuff and respect our new pronouns and our changes and our personal decisions to now indoctrinating our kids to this in the classrooms where everything is politicized. You see on TikTok that children that resist this or children that seem to come from conservatives' homes, they are targeted by teachers in the classroom. You see teachers try and share ideas that doctors guess your gender when you're born based on your parts, but you can change it at any time. This kind of stuff, whole new level, whole new different concept than just, oh, it, respect our personal decisions to change our identity. 
You are indoctrinating and bringing it into every stinking part of our culture. It's in our libraries, our children's libraries. It's in our school systems. There are children's TV shows where the the animal changes gender, changes pronoun. On Netflix, I believe is what this was. This is a child's cartoon. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's too much. It's too much. So that is like, we have to deal with that constantly now and protect our children from these very confusing ideas. And don't even get me started on the actual anti-science and very concerning results that it brings to a child's mental development when they see people being being different genders, being different pronouns, and they're trying to understand the basics because children rely on adults to teach them how the world works. So imagine if you're trying to learn as a child how the world works and you're learning that there's a mommy, there's a daddy, there's a he, there's a her, there's all these things. Oh, but now we're going to have a mixed teacher, MX, as their pronouns because of blah, blah, blah. And there's a whole LGBTQ community that you have to now understand as an elementary school student. That ultimately interrupts their development and their understanding of the world around them. And it's very, very confusing for these young minds. So there's many different problems caused by that. And that's like layer number two, right? The frustration of it all and the concerning issues that it's going to bring to society. But now here's layer number three, you guys say you don't like number one and you're, you know, you deal with it because you're kind, but number two, Say you don't like what's going on in the school, so you try to change curriculum. Say you don't like what's going on with children at sexualized shows, tipping performers that are gyrating in lingerie in front of them. Maybe you don't like that, and so you guys advocate for state policy to change it. Maybe you speak out because you think it's wrong. Now, let's move to layer number three. We are now so woke as a society that any action constitutionally, politically, to protect the innocence of children is considered transgenocide and used as justification for why our own Christian conservative children get targeted in a private school. The school shooter targeted Christian conservative children on purpose for political reasons. And then the movement released a legit statement saying, what do you guys expect? You've been scaring us with your genocidal policies you've been working for. So now we are so woke that Christian children can specifically get targeted by a trans gunman for political purposes and it gets ignored. It gets ignored. Where's the justice? That's what I mean. It's like, where is the justice and the righteousness in society? This isn't just some weird political thing that's happening. That's annoying. This is now disturbing because they can take the lives of our children and the political movement still wins. Their political movement still wins and our children are getting killed. And we're told it's because we saw certain policy results. That's what's happening right there. So I look at that and I see evil. I see absolute pure evil. And I wonder, okay, so with all this, what good can we bring? Like, how does one cultivate goodness in this kind of situation where it's just a level that we never thought we would see the response from the media in this situation, our president laughing about ice cream flavors or something when he comes out to give the statement, the media apologizing for misgendering the trans shooter, the trans movement, the LGBTQ plus movement or whatever saying, what do you expect? That's what you deserve because you sought these genocidal policies. What do you do to cultivate goodness in this situation? I would say, I'm going to say it again. I say it a lot. It's controlling the controllables. It's our family. It's our children. It's the community. And I mean the community that we make for us. It's like you can't, you can't decide what family you get born into, but you can choose your friends, right? Well, same thing where you can't necessarily decide all of the people that live with you. That doesn't have to be the community, like everybody in your neighborhood. 
but you can certainly make community of like-minded people. And I think that's what we need to do. I'm sorry, but I, I think we need to control the controllables and we need to form groups of people that believe in what we believe in and believe in cultivating goodness generationally. I am not interested anymore in changing minds. Like I'm not interested in any of it. Like for example, taking the the culture stuff out of it and going more to economics. When I saw the stats about young people in America supporting socialism, I immediately was like, okay, so we'll start the nonprofit. We'll interview people that escaped communism. It'll be so jarring, so scary that, that it'll shake people and wake them up and it'll show young people who weren't taught about this stuff about the dangers. And that was, that was cool. Like those videos did so well. I got millions of views. That's really how I got my start in all this politics stuff. And then over time I started to realize like, listen, I am done going to college campuses and getting screamed at by communists, legit communists that think that survivors from communist countries that lived through torture and concentration camps and political imprisonment and the murder of their family members and starvation, eating cats in the road. I'm sick of arguing with them in person about how they think it's all propaganda from evil capitalists and that they think Che Guevara is a great guy. The guy is named the butcher in Cuba and American young people wear his, his shirts. I used to be like, I'm going to reach those young people and I'm going to change their mind. I'm going to show them people that actually died at the hands of Che Guevara, their family members that died and they saw them at the prison that he ran. I'm going to do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not going to happen. So what am I doing now? I make educational downloadable resources for parents that want to educate their children about this stuff from an early age because I think it's generational. I don't think that these crazy people are going to change their minds with one or two social media posts or whatever. It's just gotten to a point of it's too far gone. So by controlling my controllables, I'm not interested in changing those wild, crazy minds. I'm interested in actually caring for, nurturing, and protecting what the heck is mine and what I can actually bring positivity to, into to growing. I want to invest in areas that can actually grow and we can see the fruit of our labor. We can reap what we sow in a good way, okay? I want to invest where we can grow and actually see the fruits. And that is in the younger generations, educating them in a completely different way than the last few generations have been. So when I see that, it's like, how do we combat evil? Controlling the controllables and figuring out where we can actually plant positivity, cultivate goodness. So then when we take an evaluation of like, okay, what evil are we actually combating and how do we actually combat that with goodness? I see this as it's all evil in the mind, evil in the heart. It is a manipulative, information-based, and mind-controlling evil. And it reminds me of communist regimes of the past. They use the term, dictators have used in communist regimes in the past, a term called useful idiots. You know nothing, you're an idiot, and that makes you useful to the communist regime because you will do whatever the heck they say because you're easily controlled and manipulated. What is the solution for us then? If this is a battle of the minds, if this is a situation where there is clear truth and then people are looking the exact opposite way and being like, yes, I love that. I hate the truth. Love this complete nastiness, manipulation, evil that's going on. So how do we fix that? I would say it's you create children who become adults who have a reasoning process. Crazy concept because most people don't have a reasoning process anymore. We're just mindless. We create children, raise children, who will become adults who have a reasoning process. Adults that can decipher information, 
and who can truly critically think and discuss issues. Okay, a big problem in our school system is just focused on memorization. Memorize for the test, forget it the next week. But what I want to do with my kids and with any young people around me is I want to make sure that they can have an intelligent, context-filled, background information-filled conversation about a topic, what happened in the past relating to this topic, what the heck is going on right now with it, what are the implications for the future, what could be the implications in the future if it's handled this way or that way. Like The ability to fully discuss a topic is such a lost art, and I think that could save us from so much. I was watching this really interesting YouTube video about it, about like the American school system and our grading system, and then there's this concept called like uh, mastery education or something like that, mastery learning, where it's more so like, have you mastered discussing and understanding? Like, do you fully comprehend this topic? Have you mastered it? Great. Now I feel good. And we'll keep talking about it as the days go by, as the years go on, but you've mastered that topic. And it's not about, oh, they got a, a B or higher on this test. So we can now move on. I am really excited by that concept and I think we all need to lean into it. And it means more so with homeschool, it's not like, okay, we've got to make these little fake tests for our kids and I'm not capable of that as a mom. I am so overwhelmed. No, no, no. Converse with your children, have conversations with them, encourage them to ask questions, encourage them to challenge you. Like maybe the, maybe because they don't know all the information and let's be honest, parents are going to be smarter. Maybe because they're still learning, they're going to be so deep into a topic and they're going to feel passionate about the wrong side. And you know that they're on the wrong side, but you've just got to challenge them, help them discuss their way into seeing the truth and the light on that topic. That is how we're actually going to fix things. And this starts from a very, very young age. And if we took more responsibility on that, we'd be better off. We wouldn't have the situation of, well, you know, I raised my daughter in a Christian conservative home and she went to school and, you know, she got great grades, but then she went to one semester of college and came back a Marxist and she identifies as a he, him. What happened? <laughs> and that was a little dramatic, Morgan. But do you see what I mean? Where it's like parents spend so much time and years with their kids and then they go off and they experience the world for a semester and they come back a completely different person. We didn't bolster them with a strong enough foundation. We didn't give them a reasoning process. We didn't give them a BS meter where they were able to be like, whoa, whoa, there's BS that's entering my mind. I'm going to push it back out. Okay, I'm going on a rant here. But that's what I mean is creating adults from the time that they are children who have a strong reasoning process. It's really all about conversation. And here's the thing. You cannot hide your kids from the world. That is such a big lesson that we have to face. Yes, there are things that we can do to protect our kids from the nasty culture. We can say, you know what, I'm not going to let them watch the Netflix show that has a transgender buffalo on it, cartoon buffalo. Instead, we're going to watch cute cartoons from PragerU. There are little things that can occur in our child's upbringing that save them from some of the nastiness. But at the end of the day, a child will turn 18, 19, 20. They will become adults that will get challenged in so many ways, challenged with hookup culture that tells girls that it's going to be empowering for them to embrace their bodies. It's going to be culture that tells them it's cool to reject family, to move away to a city, that you need to forget your hometown. Family ties don't really matter. Culture that says don't settle down, enjoy your life, and then at 35, maybe consider getting married. Oh wait, now you're having a hard time getting pregnant. Oops, sorry, we didn't consider the science of that. 
you're going to see all of this. And on top of that, for Christians, your children are going to grow up and be entered into a world that makes fun of them for believing in God. Are they equipped for all of these moments where they will be challenged? Or are they not actually because they don't have a strong enough foundation? Like I want when, when they are in their teens, they've got to be discussing this stuff. They've got to know about the evils of the world. They've got to be aware that that stuff exists out there. And then when it's presented to them, it's not a shock to their system and like, a, oh, that looks pretty good. Instead, it's a be gone, Satan. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it's got to be. We've got to bolster them for the world out there. And we have to know they will be challenged. We've got to make sure they're prepared to give the best response to fight back against it. And they, they're confident in themselves. That's what this all is. Do they have the courage to stand by their convictions? And are they confident in themselves that they're making the right decision there? Important things. Now, speaking of what I said earlier of developing a reasoning process, there's a really, really good um, part of the book that I'm reading, You Learn by Living by Eleanor Roosevelt. Sorry, guys. I feel like whenever I read a book, I just share little parts that I just read and I just enjoy it. It always connects to me. But she has a part about reasoning process and developing it with a kid. She says, it should be a part of every young person's development to learn to be aware of other people, to study them, not to antagonize them if it can be avoided. It is all right to argue with your heart's content at home where divergences of opinion are acceptable, but there are homes and other groups where older people are not willing to have a child express his opinions, and the child must learn to feel his way. This awareness of other people's desires and feelings is an important part of learning to live with other people in a society. I meet numbers of older people who do not want the young to express an opinion. If the child is to be accepted as a guest, he must learn when to keep quiet. Of course, I don't mean that he should lie if he's directly asked, but he does not have to push himself into expressing an opinion which may be annoying to the people he is with. It is important to keep before a child that he is not excused from having a conviction simply because he is in a position where he should not express his opinion. In today's life, you must have convictions on basic questions. You must make up your mind on where you stand. In the company of your own peers, you should be prepared to state where you stand and defend your opinion. It is not enough to say, I do not agree at all. You must be able to say why. I think it is essential that you should teach your child that he has an intellectual and spiritual obligation to decide for himself what he thinks and not allow himself to accept what comes from others without putting it through his own reasoning process. A child may worry you sometimes because he does not seem to fit into the group. Frequently, it would make life easier for him if he conformed. As many Americans, we simply must learn not to do this. So that right there, you guys, I loved it because first of all, she's talking about how at your home, you should always be conversing with your children, ask them their opinions. Even if they're technically wrong opinions, you want your child to have opinions and then challenge them by asking them more questions that add more context and make them go, wait a second, then that doesn't add up. Maybe I should change my mind. Those kind of conversations help build up a child's individuality and their reasoning process. But of course, sometimes you go into other social settings where they're like, why is this child talking so much? So they've got to understand that they need to fit without conforming and giving up their individuality. They've got to fit in society in their own way and respect what other people are kind of wanting in different social settings. So I liked that. But then she transitions into saying it is so important for an individual to be able to take information and always put it through their own individual reasoning process before they just accept it as truth. And that is so key, so crucial to what we're going through these days, because half the time we look at a political issue and we go, okay, so we have this information 
And we have what's happening right now. And it looks like I could actually easily connect the dots, but society and the mainstream media and the politicians and all of the institutions are telling me that these dots aren't that simple and that they actually don't connect. And what they're saying doesn't make any sense, but what is going on in my mind makes complete sense. What is happening? It feels like we're living in V for Vendetta. It feels like we're living in this Orwellian situation. And the more we have courage and conviction that what we believe in is true and righteous, we're going to be better off for it because we'll be able to have the confidence to stand up for ourselves and live the way that we want to live. So with that being said, you guys, I really appreciate everybody listening. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's been really fun doing this podcast. I've loved talking about these high-level topics that that can bring generational change for the country, and I truly believe in them. For any girls that want to stay connected, or if you enjoy this kind of lifestyle that I talk about, the lifestyle vibe, it, I would suggest joining Cultivating Goodness, the Facebook group. Just submit your submit your application and make sure to answer the questions. I'm still going to be a part of the nonprofit where we make educational resources and downloadables about history, freedom of the individual, anti-communism kind of stuff. That's all at fightsocialism.org. And Allie is really taking over as the on-camera personality, but I'll still be behind the scenes helping out with it. And then, of course, if you want to buy anything from the flag workshop, that is still going to remain open. So go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop. The promo code will always be freedom for free shipping. Anybody asking about my dad, thank you so much. I get a lot of questions about it. He's good. He finished radiation, and we're just going to keep praying for um, recovery on that and healing. And I'm so thankful that everybody listens. Everybody has supported all the work that I've done, the nonprofit and the workshop work. And then, of course, all the prayers for my family. I Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I keep saying that, but it's it's really true. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a nice weekend, and I'll, I'll stay tuned. Bye-bye.